This is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy, brought to you by Everything Cowboy. This is episode number 25555. Yep, we're doing pretty good, man. How about that? We're cruising. We're really, really rolling on the pod here. Into November. We're almost like on an anniversary. Movember, I believe it's called. Movember. Are you going to grow a stash? Are you going to try to grow a stash? I don't know how to grow a mustache. My body doesn't know how to grow a mustache. My face does not know how to grow a mustache. And I probably won't be growing a mustache. But you could do no shave November and like grow a beard. That's a thing as well. Oh, that would look so greasy though, man. <laughs> hey, I, had sh- I shaved this morning because I hadn't done it in a few days. And it was, right. I was looking pretty mangy. You're looking tough with the scruff. I was looking oh, tough. I don't know. I just looked pretty mangy. Looked like I hadn't like slept in a few days kind of thing. Mm. Looked real rough. I feel that. Yep. You know, I've seen that look before. Yeah, that was well, that was me basically. Look like a homeless person. Basically, yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. Nice. So we're back from the CFR. Survived. Made it out alive. Red Deer, Alberta. Barely. Barely made it barely. out alive. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. I was falling asleep on the way home driving. <laughs> I was not okay. That was that, yeah. Bad times. Well, it was a good time that led well, up to being a bad time. Yeah, the CFR wasn't bad times. Just like trying to get home and be, <laughs> you know. Going entire. back to real life. Yeah, basically only real life for like a day because I'm back. I'm hitting the road here in a couple hours to go to Las Vegas for the PBR World Finals. Vegas, baby. The 25th PBR World Finals. How about that? We're talking about the 25th PBR World Finals on episode number 25 of Cowboy Shit. Wow. How neat is that? What are the chances of that? How neat is that? That's amazing. I can't actually tell how long our podcast is right now because we're doing a new program mm-hmm. and I don't know how to I don't know how it works. Oh, it looks like we're good. It looks like we're at 62 seconds right now. That's it? No. Is every beat uh, like a quarter of a second? I don't know, man. It's like it's like nine, ten. But that's about right, isn't it? Sure. Yeah, we're going to go with that. Ted's an expert. We're going to go with that. I'm not sure if these levels are working. I'm hoping that they're okay. Hopefully, Kyla can make it sound good. Appreciate it, Kyla. She was in Red Deer. You guys heard you guys had breakfast. That's cute. Yeah, well, you're, we're friends now. Friends on. You guys are friends? Yeah. That's cool. I'm happy yeah, for you. We are from both from Saskatchewan, so we had some oh. common ground there, oh, which was how nice. That? How about yeah. that? Yeah, it was good. She's a nice lady. And then what else happened? At Red Deer? Yeah. Well, let's talk. What about else happened? The, let's talk um, about some of the highlights. What went down in Red Deer? What went down? Well, yeah. I think obviously something our, our everybody else already knows is Scott Schiffner's last event. Yep. So that's pretty cool to be in the building for his last bull ever. I mean, everybody was on their feet and it was pretty emotional at the end there. You could see him tearing up a little bit. I almost, oh, yeah. I almost teared up a little bit. I did. I shed a couple tears. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, he's yeah. been a staple in Canadian rodeo and bull riding since ever I can remember. And I mean, yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool to be a part of that. Also, a friend of mine, Kane Larson, yep. had a bit of an injury yeah. that caused his testicular area to swell <laughs> up very large <laughs> and very black and blue did not look pretty there was a photo floating around that was uh made me laugh pretty that's that's one of my highlights because it was so funny poor guy though he's a little he's a little tender all week but at least he was able to laugh about it at our at his own expense how about that though gets his first qualification to the cfr he's there with his both of his brothers Mm -hmm. and he gets to get on one bull tears his groin off and has uh Enlarged testicles. Yeah. Bad luck. That's tough, go. I think it's just a matter of circumstance. So he already tore it in Hannah like less yeah. than a month before. So, I mean, he thought he was feeling pretty good. He was still pretty... T- he said he felt it as soon as he sat down on the back of that bull. He felt it tender. And then Kane got his van stolen too. Yeah. Next morning. And I mean, the van isn't as detrimental as the the gear bag he lost in the process. So he lost his whole gear. Like we had a brand new yeah. pair of boots, brand new pair of spurs. Yeah. Now, well, you and I both know it's not cheap to replace any of that stuff, so. No, there's been a lot of that. Like There what? was that night at that same hotel, there was two other vehicles broken into. Really? Plus a vehicle, and then Kane's van stolen. Really? Yeah, so. Jeez, which hotel was this? The Baymont. Just down oh. just down across the road from where we were staying. That's oh, really? Great, yeah. Damn, that's bad luck. Rough part town. Apparently. But they were they were in a cab on the way to the rodeo from the hotel because they had no vehicle. Yeah. And they, the cab driver told them there, there's an average of. 10 to 15 vehicles stolen per day in Red Deer. Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. We did okay to not get ours stolen then, didn't we? Oh, I'd have been so chapped. That'd have been bad luck. You've had, you, not like you've had good luck with vehicles. That's what lately, I mean. I'd have, been like, I'd have been like, just add on because my truck got broken into last fall. Yeah. Truck got towed in the spring. So, you know, good times. <laughs> hmm. What about you? You were out, you were kicking around most of the week. What were some of your highlights from CFR 45? Highlight, highlight for me, again, uh, Schiffner's retirement. Not like I'm happy he retired. Like that's not yeah, like I don't want to call it a highlight, but it was. I thought it was pretty cool when he made his last 
qualified ride on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I was on my feet like halfway through the ride and I thought everybody would have been like, I mean, the, cr- the crowd still wasn't that into the rodeo though. Yeah. Like no offense to anyone anywhere. What's going on? Like the crowd still wasn't that pumped up. Yeah. And I mean, it's a bit of an older demographic in the crowd. Like yeah. that's what, one thing I noticed, like we, you and I talked before we started recording about that photo that with Wacy standing up on the yeah. panel and like, yeah. you can just see there's one no, is Canadian title. And yeah. like, no engagement from there. the crowd. Yeah. And it just it's like weird, isn't it? It's funny. They got to find a way to get that engagement, get them kind of clapping and yeah. being louder. Something. There was a bit of it, but it just still wasn't well, it was, like, it, was it just funny. still wasn't working. The, the rising stars rodeo on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. When the one team caught in the team rope and that was the loudest that building has been the whole week. The whole week. Yeah. 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 And like, even for, for Scott, like the people like Dave asked them to stand up and like, you know, it's his last ride. And, and I was like, Jesus, they're not even getting up that fast. Like, I was kind of like, what well, the hell, people? Get get hard, after hard it. Hard for something to get up fast because they're, Cause they're older, <laughs> I guess. But no, I, I know what you mean. It's it was it's strange. It's just a different... Yeah, you could just feel the atmosphere in there. Like, just... It, it wasn't, like, engaged. Like, it was good. It was good rodeo, good... At, like, they're, it, overall, good atmosphere. But there's just t- parts where it could have been better, I think. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But first year, still overall, great show. Huge, yeah, great event. Um, Had a good time up there. Worked really, worked out really well. The uh, the trade show was a little slow the first half of the week. Mm-hmm. The crowds were a little light, it seemed like, but I, I believe they still sold all, sold all of the tickets. So, That's I mean, there's only so much there. you can do, right? Yeah. One thing I really liked, and especially like I never realized it till I got up there, was like having everything connected yeah. is unreal. Like, it's great. Yeah. You can like walk over the trade show you're right mm. in the beer gardens yeah grab a beer grab some food it, it wasn't like rodeo wasn't like edmonton where you had to go across the big bridge to get to the building it yeah was, and it's usually minus you know, a million out yeah so basically once you got inside you were good for the whole evening and yeah exactly it wasn't even that cold the whole week though like it wasn't like you had to have a big jacket on like in edmonton previously you'd have to like go hang up your jacket somewhere have a coat check or mm-hmm. you know production of the rodeo much better unreal yeah well you and, compare you compare friday performances Friday last year, yeah, four and a half hours. Are you kidding me? It wasn't that much. It was Man, three and the half? rodeo started at seven, and I, I didn't leave the building till at least eleven o'clock. Well, that that's still only three, three and, and a half, half hours still. But like <laughs> I said, at least eleven o'clock. So yeah. I probably wasn't out of there till it was thirty. It was an hour less, like literally an at hour least, less. Yeah. 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 So that so, no, was great. Huge props to the production crew for getting that rodeo. I think the one thing that, that they need to do to like make it that much better is mm-hmm. find something else during the day to keep people busy. Yeah. I, th- I think that's probably in the works. It just yeah, hasn't happened yeah, yet. Yeah. I think that'll really make it an outstanding event. Did you get to the buckle presentation? Sometimes? I went on the, the night Jordan won the round. So Friday Okay. Night. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was good. I, w- I liked how it worked, but yeah. was it you who said that they should move it over to where the cabaret is? I suggested that back in January when yeah. I first heard the finals was going. And, I, and I, I, like I mentioned that to a couple people when I was over there and they're yeah. like, it made it make sense because you get like you said, you get 300 extra people over there. Yeah. And then you can even get like the people, like the fans probably want to see that too. Cause yeah. like when I went over, it was mostly just rodeo families and yeah. And like whatever, which, which is, is okay. which is fine. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that at all. But, but are mean, you trying, if you're trying to promote the sport and engage sponsors, like how do you sell to only 300 people that already are involved in the sport? Well, that's just it. The way that venue is set up, you could fit it in perfectly into that. Oh yeah. Just have it on the big stage. I even gave them a schedule and everything. It never happened. I mean, well, it's then okay, that whole wall, the whole South wall of that built, it's all the sponsors for the yeah, vendor all on there, there. and then you have your buckle presentations and i thought it was you get some fans fit. in there I so mean, we'll see next year i bet you that's what happens but going back to highlights though i gotta say that rising stars rodeo is the only part of the rodeo that i was involved in all week and i i thought it was fabulous yeah that was outstanding i really yeah. enjoyed it. like i was like a, you being watched a spectator. the pro perf yeah sat up on it? that railing it was it was awesome man the yeah. kids who came were like, outstanding group of kids oh were yeah going. it was awesome to see the involvement from the guys and the girls in the CFR. Like oh, the yeah. Competitors like showing yeah. up and helping out. Like, that was amazing to have that presence. Shane, Shane Hanshee and Logan Bird untying calves. Yeah, and that's just it. And then, yeah. like, all the rough stock guys had all the CFR so qualifiers helping, them, helping yeah. them on. And I mean, the production of the event was like the qu- same quality as the, uh, the actual show, too. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, awesome for those kids to be a part of that. Definitely. And then those, the contract act, they were pretty good. Oh, yeah. Too. The I, Yule kid. I was a big fan of that. Oh, yeah. That was a highlight, too. So, that, I guess, kind of wraps up segment number one here. So those are kind of our highlights from the 45th edition of the Canadian Finals Rodeo. Next year, the dates are already set. October 29th Ninth. to November 3rd. 3rd, yeah. CFR 46. Write it down. Mark it down, baby. It's going to be a dandy. So after this, we're going to get back with our guest this week. Catch up with you after this. You're listening to Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. Gets the CEO of the PBR, Mr. Sean Gleason, ahead of the 25th edition of the PBR World Finals. This is episode number 25. What originally brought you into the PBR? Well, let's start with that, Sean. 
But Ted, you know, I was actually one of the first licensees of the PBR brand. I was working at Sierra Online and uh, managing the sports division. Did a lot of research on crossover interests with NASCAR and our hunting fishing teams, and PBR kept popping up. And so I secured the license to make you know, the first ever bull riding game with Sierra Online. And when I first was exposed to the product in Nashville, Tennessee, at the old arena, it was something that obviously was near and dear to my heart growing up in and around it in a rural environment, but also just the way that PBR was presented and the excitement, the introduction of the guys, bull riding only. It just got my attention. It was a great product, and it was I decided that it was the only or it was the best product that I was ever going to have an opportunity to work with as a businessman and a marketer. So here I am 25 years, 20 years later for me. Yeah, you've been with the company for over 18 years now, correct? Yeah, I think this is 19 final with the PBR as an employee, and I've been to 21 of them in some capacity, either with Sierra Online or with PBR. Tell me more about that game. I'm cu- I don't remember hearing about that game before much. Yeah, you know, the Professional Bull Rider was the name of the video game that we produced, and it was back in, hating myself, but it was back in an era when computer games were really computer games. You played them on your computer with either keyboards or attached joysticks and other things. And so we created a simulation of bull riding, ride the bulls, but a lot of it was the management of your player or your character throughout the course of the season and trying to win a world championship. So we did as much as we could to kind of capture the realism of the PBR and all the events. And it was just a great time. It was a great game. And uh, we did two versions before I finally left during the PBR full time. And you you mentioned that this is your 21st World Finals, so you've been to almost every PBR Finals that's ever, there's ever happened. What what are some of the highlights for you, though, with this being year t- number 25? You know, it's, uh, it's been a great run for me. You know, I remember back to those first few just being in awe at, uh, you know, having bull riding in Vegas and under the lights and, you know, the, the greats at the time. The founders were still, most, you know, most of the founders were riding and, Having been, you know, a fan of rodeo for a number of years, not a not a fan that followed it day in and day out, but I certainly knew who those guys were: Timer and Cody Lambert and Jim Sharp. And you know, to watch them ride and to see the vision that they had for the sport, it was just this was an incredible opportunity for me to be in it from the beginning. How, how many of their dreams have come true in in these twenty five years since they created the PBR? You know, I think the, for the PBR founders, their dreams came true a few years into the development of the organization to, you know, to see it succeed and start growing. Many of them, you know, I don't think really had the, a vision that we could be where we are today. And so their dreams have come true many times over. And certainly when we sold the company for the first time and they all got the check on the that paid off their initial investment uh, and the belief they had and all the hard work they did putting put in the uh, building of the PBR. Their dreams certainly came true then, but you know, it's if you talk to any of them and myself included that have been around for a long time, none of us really imagined we could accomplish what we've accomplished to this point today. And so it's it's a great testament to the vision of the founders and a lot of hard work by a lot of people over the years. My next question was, what do you attribute to the sport's success? But I, I'm I'm assuming what your answer is going to be a lot of hard hard work by a lot of a lot of people. Well, you know, I, I think it goes back to that feeling that I had the first time I stood in that arena. The product at the core, bull riding is an exciting sport. The values that bull riders and cowboys represent and, you know, everything. Just, it just makes a, such a rich experience from an entertainment standpoint. And at the core of it, that's what I believe has made PBR as successful is that it's a great product. It's just a fantastic product. The vision to really wrap it in a more contemporary production wrapper and, and bring light and sound of pyro and burn dirt and, and do a lot of things that are very professional from a production standpoint are certainly a part of the fabric of our product. So that's core bull riding exciting sport. You those that are exposed to it, especially in a you know two and a half hour arena show that's got professional production behind it, it's it's a very addictive sport. And then a lot of people did a lot of hard work along the way, pushing that, that rock up the hill to keep selling bull riding to the mainstream in America. Speaking of the mainstream, we're not that far off now. We're in it in some points, and, and you guys have created that. But where, where do you think we can go from here? What's the, what's the ne- what is the next level? 
You know, honestly, I think that we're just getting started. And even though we've we've come as far as we have, I use the analogy of the rock. You know, we've been pushing this big round rock up this hill for so many years. A lot of people push, 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 and you just couldn't let it go. It just there was no momentum that turned forward. There was no critical mass that took hold in mainstream America. So even though we we reached a point where we have really great success stories to tell about the growth of the business and the sport, it still hasn't cracked over that hurdle that, you know, it starts taking on the life of its own in, a, in American society and among the consumers. And so over the last couple of years, I've told people that, you know, for the first time in my 18, 19 years with the PVR, I finally felt that rock move a little bit on its own. Like we're almost getting it up there where, you know, it's going to roll downhill in a positive direction with a lot of momentum behind it. And I, I think that's really, it'll go to a new level altogether that will hopefully, you know, 25 years from today, eclipse the growth and we'll be looking back on our 25th anniversary or those that are still around will be looking back on it and remember when it was that small. And I think a lot of that will be globalization and bringing it to new and other territories and continuing the expansion beyond the five territories we operate in today. You kind of answered my next question again here too, but I'm, I'm wondering what it looks, yeah, what it does look like in 25 years. What, what might be some of the new countries where the PBR has events and bulls and bull riders, you know, what, what's the next, the next play that way? Well, I, there's a lot of room to grow here in the U S and you know, that still remains a major focus, but we're making great strides in Brazil, Australia, Canada, Mexico's coming along okay. But the the cowboy as an icon or the cowboy, the American cowboy, has a universal appeal around the world. And certainly, you know, bull riders are not the only type of cowboy that there is out there, but they're really at the tip of the spear, if you will, in terms of the, the excitement of the sport and the other things that appeal to today's consumers and fans that want to be entertained and engaged. And so I think that every territory in the world is a potential place that we can take it back. We've got to ultimately get bowls established in those territories in order to get over there with regular events. That's the real gating factor for us is that we can't get the bowls easily in and out of Europe or Asia or some of the other territories that we'd like to go to. But that's just a matter of creating the right bucking stock in those territories, getting them over once and, and leaving them there and then building the business around the DNA of bucking bulls that we create in those territories. What would you consider your biggest accomplishment so far in your time at the PBR, Sean? You know, I think my my biggest accomplishment with the PBR is really the, the collection of history, knowledge, information, and my ability to kind of learn from that over the 19 years I've been here. I don't know that there's any one moment that I'd point to. You know, there's certainly been some things that I'm very, very proud of in creating new products and, you know, bucking bowls in Times Square and bucking bowls in the beaches of California and, you know, being a part of the, the longest ride and fearless and some of the other great media properties that we've had. But it really, you know, I think the thing that I'm going to be most proud of when it's time to retire or move on and let somebody else do this is really the, the progress that we made from the day that I started to the day that I leave. And my hope is that, you know, that can be measured in the health and well-being of, of bull riders on a lot of fronts in the amount of money they make and the protection and safety of them as they compete in the sport. And, you know, and then just ultimately leave the entire organization in a place of stability and with the, the opportunity to continue that growth long beyond my tenure here. Speaking of growth, uh, what, what does the PBR need to do to continue to grow and, and uh, you know, keep pushing that rock forward to where, like you said, it starts really giving her and going downhill and, and really catching some momentum and keeping going? What, what do you think needs to happen next? Well, you know, the for years, for, for my own close to two decades here, I've always wanted it to be a little easier. You know, it's been a great labor of love for a lot of us to keep working on the sport and pushing that rock up the hill. I've always wanted it to kind of break over and just be a little easier to introduce it to new fans, new sponsors, get better media coverage. There's just a lot of challenges out there, but I don't think now after two decades of doing this that there is going to be that miracle that, you know, one day we wake up and all of a sudden everybody is in love with bull riding. I think we've got to keep winning our fans one at a time and, and figure out how to turn that into five at a time and ten at a time. And we're doing a lot of that right now. It's, you know, it's, it's a process. 
things like Fearless on Netflix and the movie and the media coverage, the great media coverage we have on CBS Sports Network and the launch of Ride Pass. And our entry into other Western lifestyle sports through Ride Pass is, is all a part of a big master plan to continue to promote Western lifestyle sports, which frankly were in significant decline before we came along. And, you know, rodeo still needs some help and, and we're working with the WCRA to bring some rodeos back to markets that haven't seen them before. Chicago in January is going to be a major event for us with the WCRA $1 million perf attached to the CBR event. So it's, it's really a process of, you know, a lot of things that we have to do right that continue to push the media angle because that's where the most people watch you and see you. So we can be extremely proud of a lot of our attendance records, but it's the ratings, solid ratings and the growth of ride paths that are going to make or break us in the long run because that's that's where you reach millions instead of tens of thousands. What do you think makes the PBR different from the other top sports today? Well, I think PBR is, is different it, just in the fact that we've got a couple hundred years of history and heritage that are all centered around a lifestyle that, frankly, most people are not familiar with these days. I mean, there's been generations you know, a couple generations at least of people that have been raised in very urban and suburban environments that just aren't exposed to cowboys, horses, livestock. I mean, we meet a lot of people that uh, have never seen a cow before in the wild, you know, yeah. <laughs> out in the field. <laughs> and so, you know, it's obviously different in that regard in that, you know, it's a sport that not a lot of people have been exposed to. There's certainly not a lot of people that can practice it or have any touch pointers. You, know, you can throw a ball in your yard, kind of understand baseball or football, or you can drive a car and understand NASCAR. And, you know, there's generally a lot of tieback to most sports that the people that are fans or casual or otherwise, they have some exposure to it and can relate to it. The bull riding starts out with, you know, there's very little understanding of the history of it. There's very little exposure to it. And there's certainly nobody that's out there riding bulls in their backyard in suburbia. So we're different in that regard. But for me, it's it's as much about the excitement of the sport as it is about the value of the I firmly believe that the reason that the cowboy icon is so identifiable today, and for almost around the world, you could show somebody a silhouette of a cowboy and they'll know what it is because of the values that they represented. People aspire to be a cowboy and live by code of the West and, you know, respect, honor, hard work, and all those adjectives used all the time to market our sport. And that makes it different in, in a positive way is that people kind of relate the cowboys and our bull riders to a very wholesome, aspirational, important piece of, of, of history. Well, and it, they're kind of like the cowboy is an icon and I want to say like the settling of America, like there was, that's how things got done. That's how the country was built. And like you said, people don't, I don't, I don't think most people know where their food comes from anymore. And like, like you said, they've never seen a cow in the wild before. And it's kind of, it's interesting like that, but how has Endeavor helped the growth of Western sports in the, in the past few years since the acquisition? You know, Endeavor is, an incredible company that is the vision of Ari Emanuel, Mark Shapiro, and many, many people that have put the company together by acquiring properties like PBR and UFC and uh, and really the merger between WME and, or the acquisition of IMT by WME. And so it's a company that's got tremendous talent. There's, I believe, about 7,000 employees now around the world, and we have experts in everything from fashion representation to uh, television packaging and film packaging to event management. And so there's been just uh, an incredible breadth of resources that we've been able to tap into when we need to get something done, whether it's increasing our PR exposure and profile or cutting better media deals or having the backing really to create and launch something like RidePass, which was no small undertaking. And so they've been one of the, the biggest contributors to the sport of bull riding and, and the Western lifestyle in history. You know, I mean, it's just by their ownership and belief in the PPR and making an investment in Western sports, they've helped everybody that lives the lifestyle and appreciates any type of Western sport because we're certainly getting more credibility, more attention, more investment in important initiatives. And, uh, you know, a world that appreciates Western sports owes Endeavor a, a 
debt of gratitude for what they've done and the belief they have in us. I think one of the first examples I I maybe saw of that was back this spring when there were 46,000 people at AT&T Stadium for Iron Cowboy. And it was, to my knowledge, the most well-attended Western sports exclusive event ever. Th- that's just the kind of thing that's going to keep happening now, I think, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, we're, you know, we're going to Staples Center this year. So we're going to start our efforts to conquer LA proper. We've had a great event in Anaheim, but we're now going to Staples, which will mean that we have a, you know, keystone cornerstone event in the top three cities in the United States, New York, Chicago, and LA. We couldn't do that without Endeavor. And, you know, certainly the resources and the support that we've had contributed greatly to that incredible crowd we had at AT&T Stadium. And, but we also, you know, along the way this year, we set 14 records in the Unleash the Beast Tour and set 10 or 12 in the Velocity Tour this year. So it's all over the board in terms of, you know, the cities that we've been able to go into and, and see record attendance and record crowds. And, and we've got a lot of room to grow. So we hope to continue that run in the next couple of years. Until we're sold out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, we're getting close to the point where we'll be sold out. So we'll never stop the growth, but we want to certainly get to sold out status in all of our markets in the next few years. Speaking of sold out in new markets, uh, um, we got to talk Canada a little bit where, you know, we had uh, we had at least two sellouts this year on the Monster Energy Tour between our first trip ever to Moncton. And then we were the first ticketed event ever at the Calgary Stampede's uh, Western Event Center to ever sell out that building. And yeah, to sell out Moncton, like we got, let's talk about Canada a little bit and how, uh, how it's been up there this year. Canada for me is kind of a, thank goodness we finally got it right. You know, we've had a number of initiatives up in Canada to, to try and grow the business. And, and we started, frankly, when PBR really didn't have two nickels to rub together. And, you know, we tried to bootstrap the business in Canada with a great team that, you know, was certainly motivated to accomplish good things and repeat our success that we were having in the U.S. But we just weren't in a position to do it when we, you know, with the last couple of attempts. And so that's another benefit of Endeavor. It's given us the, the resources, the patience, the, you know, the opportunity to invest and, and the time to go up and now put the right structure and the right people in place. You know, Jason Davidson has uh, been an incredible promoter of bull riding for a long time. And and we finally got Jason in a position where he can make a lot of decisions about the events that we're running up there, and, and he knows what he's doing. And you know that's what we we try and do. That's what I try and do everywhere is find the best people to get the job done, and then empower them to go do it. Really proud of what the whole team, you included, have been able to accomplish in Canada, and we look forward to continuing the growth up there. But you know, another big opportunity or another big contributor to our growth is the fact that we've been able to build a good television package with TSN and finally get the sport exposed to the masses through television. Just can't underestimate the importance of that in selling tickets as well as, you know, growing a fan base. Well, that, that announcement back in the spring was the, the biggest in the history of, of uh, Western sports in Canada too. And it, and it kind of didn't get a lot of press at the start, but like it, it's a, it was a huge announcement. It was groundbreaking in our country. I thought it was incredible. Yeah, that's part of the challenge of uh, pushing the rock up the hill. You know, you have something great that is just, frankly, groundbreaking and, you know, industry changing. And it's a major announcement for any sport, not just the sport of bull riding, but it just it doesn't seem to, to get the coverage of the mainstream media because they don't understand it. They don't, you know, they, they maybe form their own opinions before learning or knowing or understanding how just how important it was to, to a whole lot of people and an entire uh, lifestyle and disappointing sometimes, but that's where we just dig in and work harder and, and go make it happen and then surprise people at the end of the day. So the sold out events in Canada, you know, I'm really proud of the fact that we're, you know, continuing to pound on Quebec City and looking for other places that we can take the PBR brand instead of just continually, you know, hitting events in Alberta and Saskatchewan where we can maybe sell a few more tickets. And that, that kind of is the mantra that we had here at the PBR in the early days. You know, we could have sold a lot more tickets and had a lot, made a lot more money if we would have focused on Texas and Oklahoma and, you know, points out west and not taking this thing to Madison Square Garden. But that wasn't going to grow the sport into a mainstream sport. So we have to do the same thing in Canada. I think the fans are different too. Like the best way I can explain it, and it, it's not an 
it's not a knock on the Canadian finals rodeo this last week, but that there was no energy there. The people weren't that into it. And like, I, I've been to, you know, I've been to probably, I don't know, maybe 50 days of bull riding this year. And, and there's more energy in a little tiny 500 seat arena than there is at with this one that had 7,000. What, what would you attribute that to? Like how, how why is our stuff so much more exciting? Honestly, well, it's the production. <laughs> it's it's the contemporary production. You know, people want to be entertained, and they want to they want to sit on the edge of their seat, not sit back in it, and yeah. you know, and check their phones. You know, well, something's happening in the arena that just isn't that appealing or that exciting to them. And so, you know, the the PBR's brand of bull riding is pretty unique in in how we produce the events. You're a part of that. You know that. You know that we buck them as fast as we can and keep people entertained and we wrap it with uh, contemporary music and you know lights production and other and, and kind of a professional approach to it from a sporting perspective that a lot of rodeo just doesn't do and can't do i mean it's a different product and i think you know there's been many people that have tried to you know copy what we've done or take a, a new direction but the reality is that rodeo is a sport that is great for a three-hour performance on a you know hot afternoon in the summer or occasionally for you know a crowd that really appreciates the nuance of the rodeo and all its disciplines and so we've got a different product we wrap it up and put it in a very contemporary wrapper and entertain people that's our job i've got three more things i'd like to hit but i'm going to leave sure. it to you um there's the new sports performance center coming up and then we've got another edition of the global cup. And then I want to finish with your definition of cowboy shit. So hit what you want on that sure. and then we'll finish with your definition and uh, call it a day. Yeah. You know, we're 10. We're really excited about bringing the global cup to AT&T stadium this year. The first ever inaugural global cup, as you know, was in Edmonton. And honestly, we didn't know what to expect. We'd, we'd run the world cup a few times many years ago and, and it kind of, lost steam and and we just shelved it for a while and when we looked at the opportunities to to bring it back or create something new we came up with the global cup format and that event in edmonton for every one of us that have been around the sport including the old timers that have been around for all 25 years of the pbr was the most exciting event format that any of us have been a part of we all had goosebumps we were all sitting there just you know jumping up and down and and just for all the countries, and it was just a level of competition that the patriotism that each country has for their flag and their colors and their countrymen was just an incredible sporting event of any type of sporting event. And so, you know, we had the same feeling and the same product that we took to Sydney this past June. And so bringing the Global Cup to the biggest sports arena in the United States, maybe the world, you know, certainly one of the biggest in the world seems pretty fitting. And now we've got to go out and make sure that we sell the tickets and get enough people there because when they come, they're going to be entertained. And we know that at a, at a level even greater than our, you know, our already great standalone event. There's nothing I can even compare to Edmonton. It was, yeah, like you said, incredible. The best we've ever seen. And I, I, I'm going to have yeah. to come down to Arlington again now and see it down there. Cause it was, <laughs> I can't imagine what it'll be like Edmonton. We had, uh, we had a full house there, but like it's half or a third the size of what AT&T is. It, I can't imagine yeah. what it'll be like. Well, we got to make sure that people understand that. that uh, so doing things like this is, you know, is important to explain to people that, you know, this format is not something less than the iron cowboy format that obviously we had, you know, 47,000 people at that event. And, you know, I've, I've taken a little bit of criticism from some folks that have questioned whether we should screw with a good thing. But what we're trying to do is make it even better and then continue to grow that event. And so we'll get the word out and, and market promote that event. But it will be, I think, the best bull riding in the history of bull riding when we walk out of at Stadium. I am looking forward to it. I'll be watching her or something, and I hope everybody else is too. I'm, I'm sure they will after yeah. uh, the first few editions of the Global Cup. But So tell us about the, uh, the new sports performance center that's being created right now. Yeah, so it's getting close. We're supposed to take possession of the building here in the first quarter of 2019, but we're opening the PBR Sports Performance Center in Pueblo, Colorado, and it'll be the first and only sports performance sports science center that's dedicated to bull riding. And we'll, we'll certainly have and entertain some other athletes there in this facility, but it's geared specifically to be the home of training for bull riders. We've 
also it's got video training and it's got a lot of uh, physical rehab training uh, and other services and experts that we'll have there that are going to train bull riders how to be better bull riders. And, you know, one example that I can give you, we've done some preliminary work in the past and, and found out that eye strength is critically important to, you know, bull riding. They need to be able to move and, and adjust the vision and what they're looking at faster than, than most athletes do because of the pace of, and the speed that uh, those bulls buck at. So, you know, it's things like that. It's knowing and understanding that that's fully as important as having a strong bicep or, uh, you know, great core strength. So the, the strength part of it's important, but I think the sports science part is where we're going to be able to differentiate champions from wannabes. And that's what we intend to do is introduce people to the sport there, but it's also a great place for great bull riders to become exceptional it's fun it's funny you mentioned vision i i used to ride in my glasses so maybe that was my trouble i never got did i never really <laughs> stayed on until i got my contact so maybe that was part of it <laughs> maybe that was i mean it, you know that is, that is something that we did find is that you know you, you if you've got slow vision or your ability to adjust your eyes to match what you want your body to do it can affect timing and therefore you know balance and and as you well know, in a bull ride, those reactions have to be very, very fast. So yeah, and and you know, it's, it's uh, not it's not about strength, just having overall strength or mass or you know being muscular, as you well know. And it's about having it in the right places where it's going to help you to stay on that bull. So you know, well trained bull riders these days are the guys that know and understand their body and and are training them to, to be a combination of the right strength with the right reflex and the right flexibility and, and those things. And so, you know, better people than I at that will will help figure out that right curriculum, but that's what we tend to do at CBS Sports Performance Center. I almost want to come back and go hang out there for a few weeks and get back on the bowl sometime or something. It sounds like, <laughs> yeah. I wish it was around when I was going. It, the, the, these guys coming up are going to be in such better shape. That's That's incredible. Yeah, well, you know, it's a long-term vision for us. We don't expect that it's going to be full on day one and, you know, that we're going to have 365 days a year of packed house at the facility. But you've got to start somewhere. And for the long-term growth of the sport, we need to introduce more athletes, more great athletes to the sport and have them choose it as a profession. Now, if you think about it, uh, J.B. Mooney's made $7.25 million in his career. And outside of, you know, the NHL and the NBA and, the NFL and golf and, and NASCAR, uh, you're hard-pressed to find another sport that can pay you that much money. I mean, certainly soccer on a worldwide basis, but you know, you're hard-pressed to find another sport that you can have that type of professional career. And so there's a lot of great athletes out there that just never think about, they just never even once entertain the thought of maybe I should be a professional bull rider. And and we want to change that. You know, what what is the world's best college wrestler in the 150? pound category going to do when he graduates from college you know it's a real option it's a real option and opportunity for some great athletes to come in and elevate the sport and i think eventually we hope to i hope anyway that we start seeing athletes that maybe never never got on a, a horse in their life that come out learn how to be a bull rider and, and make millions of dollars because they're fantastic because that'll certainly entertain the fans and create great storylines for us that help us grow the sport. I think we had one of our first, one of those guys do that with, with Jose Vitor Leme. Like he, he came from soccer and, and, and came into bull riding and he, he's got a chance to win the world yeah. and it's only been a year. Yeah. I think Jose is really the first true example of, of that. And, you know, as a crossover athlete, he saw the opportunities. He recognized some solo countrymen that were up here making millions of dollars and I think he had a choice to toil away as a as a soccer player and and probably not make a lot of money throughout his career. Came up here and showed everybody how it was done last year. Now he's number two in the world and, and I wouldn't put it past him to be world champion this year, next year and maybe many years after that. He's just that good. He might cross the million dollar mark this year because he, he won about a half million last year plus this year like he'll be hitting the million dollar mark late this finals maybe. Yeah, a million bucks in two years and 
I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a professional sports career, and that's just in prize money that we pay. It doesn't count endorsements. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find an athlete in other sports outside of the majors that are, you know, are well-publicized. But even at that level, there's a lot of players in the National Football League that, that don't make that in their career. True. They have short short careers or you know a two or three or four year run of NFL minimums or you know certainly in in baseball it's if you're out the the minor leagues in baseball I can guarantee you you're not making that kind of money so you know I I I want to keep spreading the word and I'd like to read athletes bull riding as as a profession because I think it makes our sport better and I think that's that's what will continue to grow the sport is great athletes rising to the occasion. I uh, I couldn't agree more. It it seems like something might be like maybe there is a recruiting thing sometime or I don't know what it looks like. We don't need to get into that right now, but but uh we better we better finish up with uh with your definition uh of cowboy shit. We'll uh, go from there. Yeah, my my definition of cowboy shit, I think you know, I grew up on a hobby farm, worked for all the farmers and the ranchers and grew up on the back of a horse, so I'm not a stranger to the cowboy lifestyle. I lived it and I've spent the vast majority of my career, you know, as a businessman, but I still fashion myself a little bit of a cowboy and was out hunting uh, two weeks ago and back in the woods quite a ways and helped uh, one of our partners from CBS kill a nice six-point bull elk. And as I was cornering it up, I stabbed myself about an inch deep in the leg and got an artery and a couple of veins. And it was about 20 minutes before I figured that my boot was full of blood and pulled up my pant leg and it was burning out of my leg and so I wrapped it up with an elk bag and wrapped it up tighter with a rope and finished quartering out some elk and got him out of there before I went to the hospital and had to get all stitched up and get some fluids back in me and that's my definition of cowboy shit (laughs) I also think if the bull riders knew I cut myself that uh, they'd probably uh, give me the dead jackrabbit treatment which is (laughs) hold me down and beat me with a dead jackrabbit for being a dumbass so (laughs) oh wow that's uh, that's quite a story though. Holy smokes, that could have been pretty rough, actually. Yeah, it was a little it was a little sketchy, but you know we were able to get the bleeding under control long enough to to deal with what we had to deal with. Dang, <laughs> that is some cowboy shit. That's cool. I like I like those definitions. They're also they're also unique. Everybody has their own story. I appreciate you answering it, and I appreciate you taking the time to do this, Sean. I know you're totally slammed this week. It's probably your busiest week of the entire year, so I really appreciate you taking the time to do it, and uh, we'll catch up later in the week here. All right, sounds good, Ted. Awesome. Thanks a lot. You bet. See ya. You're listening to Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy, brought to you by Everything Cowboy. Thanks again to the PBR CEO, Sean Gleason, for being on the show this week. Episode 25, ahead of the 25th edition of the PBR World Finals in Las Vegas. It's a big week coming up for you. Couple twenty fives. Couple two fives. I'm twenty five. Podcast, Podcast is, is twenty five. PBR is twenty five. No big deal, right? Not a big deal. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Don't sweat it. Don't mention it. <laughs> two Canadian bull riders qualified this year. Dakota Butter, Tanner Byrne. Our guys. Those Dakota, are our guys. Best year of his career. So far. And it's so not far, over yet. Not over yet. He's still, still got a week left. He still wants to get into the top ten in the world. It's gonna take some doing for that to happen, mm-hmm. but he could finish top five still, depending on how things go this week. For so. sure. And I think being able to take some time off between yeah. the last one and this one yeah. is really gonna help him. He just seems to he's that type of guy that like time off really helps him out because he gets banged up and then he usually comes back pretty strong. So I'll give you that, Wace. Mm, and then Dakota's it's not his first time down there now, too. He's got some third time. third time. Consecutive he's experienced. He is. He knows what it takes. He's been 90 a few times this year. Three, to be exact. There you go. There you go. He knows what it takes to ride them good bulls. So I think he can really show up big. And with, with being with picking the bulls, he's also mm. he's a big fan of the picks. Well, because he he's the type of guy who does his homework too, and he like yeah. remembers really well. I remember he, like rodeoing with him. Like he knew if I didn't know a bull, he'd be the first guy I'd ever talk to because really? he, he knows he can has good memory and takes the time to do his homework and check it out. He actually. <laughs> He told me that between him and Brock and Tanner and Lonnie, they were all thinking that I should take all my videos off YouTube of our Canadian Bulls so nobody knew what they were so they could just hide them out and just pick the... That's a good idea. <laughs> pick the Canadian Bulls. Not a bad I probably shouldn't have said anything on the podcast. So yeah, somebody might find out and We're know. exposed now. Yeah. Canadian cheaters. Did put a password on the but videos really. for a Canadian that only Canadians would know. <laughs> What's our national animal? Beaver. The beaver. The password is beaver 
It's also good to see Tanner get back down there after yeah. the last season he had. And this is his fourth world finals already. Mm-hmm. And Jesse Burns, 11th. As That's a crazy, man. Isn't it wild? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Especially like a Canadian guy. Guy like Jesse. Great mm-hmm. guy. 11 years in a row. In a row. Yeah. It's, it's impressive. Awesome. So. And I mean, he's still a young guy. Like he could still go a few more. I don't know how, I don't know what his plans are though. Somebody we need to have on the podcast sometime. Actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He'd be, he probably got some pretty cool stories for us. I bet he does. What are you looking most forward to about the 25th edition of the PBR World Finals? Put mm-hmm. me on the spot, eh? Mm-hmm. I always like the show, watching the PBR Finals, comparing it to any other major event I've been to. There's not energy like that at the NFR. Right. Like, sometimes there is. There's sometimes like, we have some good moments, but... For the bull riding at the NFR, people have Everybody's people gone. left to yeah, go to the show. The one year I went down there, yeah. my brother and I were sitting up in the like the, the yeah in the bleeders, uh, and everybody was leaving. So like, heck, let's go down here and watch yeah watch the bull ride, and it's way better. Yeah, I think the, the NFR though, it's almost it's not like we like we talked about in Red Deer with like the older crowd. Yeah, I think that's the NFR is that same issue, not as quite as blatant as it was in Red Deer, but I think there's still an older crowd of people that's who's sitting in your lower bowl because they can, can afford it. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> And I mean, very true. The PBR is is doing a good job of going after the younger, the new, the new generation of rodeo fans. Yeah, and then they, the show is geared towards them to be a high energy and, the, and they engage the crowd. And, and they're not rodeo fans; they're bull riding fans. And that's just it. It's right? a different group of people altogether, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, and you're expecting they, they're expecting to have this high energy show, and they're going to be interactive with the engaged. with the crowd. Engaged. That's what I'm looking for. And yeah. then again, you got a guy like Flint who yeah. is so good at getting the crowd involved. I love, I love going to watch Flint. Yeah, like he's so he, funny. I'm I find myself quite entertained at his work. Oh yeah, like, and, like it's different. You know, yeah. one thing I gotta give props to to Flint on is how I've I don't I haven't seen him do the same thing twice. Like and he stays re- very stays often. relevant. Like he's current yeah. with everything he does. Like it's it's not as much as he has a list. Of, he doesn't have a list of jokes. He has no. a he has a couple of bits that he'll do once in a while, like the bull snake. The, uh, the bull snake That's thing, which is hilarious. And the Titanic one is really good. But he does it like once a yeah. year. Have you seen him do the figure skating one? Oh yeah, that was that's good. Too. Yeah, I like that one. But that's the thing. It's like <laughs> he has these little bits that he'll pull out once in a while yeah. when he gets when he get in a jam. Mm. But otherwise, it's like it's, he's off the cuff, like just yeah, bam, and, it's, bam, bam. and it's situational comedy. It's not it's not uh, what do you call mm. it? Memory comedy where you just remember like your jokes. Script, you have a script scripted you comedy. You, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. it's cool too. Like like you say, it's just like he can pick a fan out in the crowd and then like interact with him and the make a joke night. and make it make it funny. Yeah, yeah. Or what's going on in the world? Make it and make it funny. Right? Yeah, like it's it's another level of comedy. I would say and mm-hmm. another facet, another level. However you want to say. Yeah. It. Well, he's just another tier compared to. Yeah, exactly. It's awesome. Yeah, that's exactly. pretty cool, man. So I like that. I like listening to the music at the finals. I want to learn what they're doing production-wise, what the flow of the show looks like, how the openings are. The openings are different every night. That's cool. Right? Well, well, last yeah. year, you and I were together when they did the... Or maybe I was watching at home when they did had Bruce Buffer come in and introduced Yeah, to, That was one of the coolest Wasn't openings of all time. That was amazing. No, no yeah. music or nothing. It was all... It was all uh, like yeah. a UFC fight. That's yeah, so cool. So cool. And he, yeah. yeah, he introduced everybody like that. It was, it was, that, was, that was probably the coolest opening. Yeah. Probably oh. one of the coolest ever. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. And yeah, to to go to change it up. And the PPR is not afraid to do that, which no, which I really like. Push I, the envelope. I wish I could go for the whole show this year. We got to mm-hmm. go back to Yorkton. But I think that me going to those shows every year and taking the time to go down there on my own dime most of the time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to go and go and see what what they're doing, how it works, what the show is like. Like that's that's why I know production partially doing it, but partially going to watch these big events, mm-hmm. see what they do, and copy them. Like. Mm-hmm. That's that's well, what, successful that's what for a do. reason, right? Right. Yeah. It's the same as a hockey game. I go and watch a hockey game now, and I look at what how the production runs. I look mm-hmm. at what it what they're doing, or even even the uh, lacrosse game the other day. Yeah, yeah. Like I go and watch those things and see what they're like. Football, like any kind of pro sport now. Even a movie. A movie is almost a similar idea now. Yeah, right? yeah. No, it's cool, man. That's sweet. And well, like you got you've built up a network of people you could go to, and that they all help you out. And that's pretty cool. It's nice to have that access. True. To go down there and True. do it. That's sweet. Back to the CFR. Got to give a few shout outs to uh, a few friends of the show, like the new Miss Rodeo Canada, Jaden Holly. Yeah. Friend of the show. She owes us like 20 bucks. Huh? Just Why? for like, because we educated. Well, I mean, it's out there already. It's public. Down one 20 bucks. Royalties. I, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> no, it's good for her. That's sweet. That's sweet <laughs> that she was able to use our platform to. To learn and yeah, exactly, yeah. And kind of be in no maybe. <laughs> I was talking to her. I ran into her on the concourse, and they had like they had to have quote like for their public speaking. They had to have quotes from stuff. No they way. Used. Yeah. Did so they she, quote us? I uh, know she had like it was like a like a cowgirl mentality or something, and then 
cowgirl she, shit. Something, no, well, and it was like something along that lines of like a cowgirl mentality or whatever. And she like it, and she based it off of what she had learned from the podcast. Really, but she didn't want to say cowboy shit in this in this contest because <laughs> she like she was like she was like walking no a fine line of like where she wanted to give us a shout out, but really? it probably wouldn't have been would have been real bit frowned upon to say cowboy shit in the she, Miss Rodeo Canada contest. She won the speaking part of it though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, she had a really good advantage going into it though, being Former involved with the stampede, stampede and yeah. that's. But I mean, that's. I'll get on her for like taking the time and getting herself prepared for that's a whole nother it's another different like animal Miss Rodeo Canada compared to the Stampede. I don't know, I know a little different. bit about it, but it's more the Stampede part is more is more ambassador for the Stampede yeah. rather than rodeo specific. That's just it. It's yeah. a different a different uh different job altogether, yeah. I believe. Good on her. Going back to CFR some more, I've got to thank Kobe Moore, Melanie Meert, our uh videotapers for yeah. our uh for the uh payphone predictions mm-hmm. and Whatever uh, else, what other other bullshit we came up with that week? Yeah, it was good. And like, thanks to <laughs> thanks to everybody else that like came up and gave us feedback on the pod, or the said yeah. they, they're listeners or they enjoyed listening. I was like blown away by how many people would say like, or like when you introduced me to somebody and they're like they'd already know who I am. Yeah. from the podcast, it's like well, that's neat, pretty right? cool. Yeah, we're like freaking celebrities over there. But well, yeah, that was I don't know about that. Shout out! Hey. I felt like a celebrity. <laughs> I felt pretty sometimes like the amount of people like, Hey, like, Oh, you guys do the podcast. Like, it's so awesome. Like I, that means the world to us. So do you oh. have something else you're going to say? I forget. It no. sound, seemed like you were getting into something else. No, I was just talking about the, the feed, the, the feedback, really appreciate the feedback and the kind comments. So, and thanks for listening. Yeah. Today's take of the time, like an hour or whatever long the episode is to listen to us. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Shout out to you. I'd get sick of hearing me after thanks. a little while. Thank you to the fans. You're the best. Shout out to Waze, our boy. Yeah, Wasey Finkbinder. First Canadian, Canadian title. champion. That's awesome. First Finkbinder to do so. Fun I fact. mean, yeah, yeah, everybody, you probably already heard that news by now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, it's our podcast. So we're going to we talk about what we want. Do what the heck we want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess. Next one, we'll be back to recap the world finals and get ready for the NFR. Yeah, it's already that going to be that time. It's crazy it? how fast everything just rolls into it to like one another. Oh, now, yeah. Right? When do you go to Saskatoon? I'll leave on the 22nd and then I fly home the 25th. Cool. So yeah. we're kind of like, yeah. That'll that'll be the balls well, the next to the show wall. is the 21st, which we're at home for, which is nice. So yeah, so that was a lot of rambling, but uh, ramble, ramble. There was something else I wanted to mention. What the fuck was it though? Social media, CFR, Flow Rodeo. Yeah, nothing really worth talking about. So uh, I guess we'll just go. Well, we got, we should probably thank the the crew at CFCW, CFCW for having us out to jab about some bull riding for a few days. That's pretty cool. That was fun. really enjoyed doing that. Oh. You know what I want to put out there right now? This is wrapping up CFR 45 by CFR 46 live editions or live, live something. Just live. Cowboy shit live in Talk the trade show. show. Talk show. It's happening. Cowboy shit live trade show CFR 46 2019. Be there. Be there. It's going to be hot. We don't know how to do it yet or what we're going to do or anything, but we're going to do it. So just be aware that that's happening and, uh, Hide your kids, you know, they can't probably, <laughs> probably don't want to. PG-13 show. Yeah, we'll keep it, we'll keep it classy. There's a, there's a star instead of an eye, like it's just cowboy sh- Well, it's not like kids haven't heard that word before anyways. I know when I was a kid, I've heard my parents swear around me. Braden Byrne wore his cowboy shit t-shirt to school on the first day and he ended up in the principal's office, but not, it wasn't because of the shirt, so. That's just it. Yeah. He knows. <laughs> That's actually pretty impressive. <laughs> I remember I got, one time I wore a beer sh- t-shirt into school and I got, got in trouble. trouble. Yeah. Mm. He had the S word right on it. Mm. Yeah. Well, no, just it, it's SH but, star T. But you know how teachers are. They would they'd be like, oh, you're kind of Yeah, that's lab. what you're meaning. Yeah. Oh, you're kind of lab. We yeah. probably teach him just as much as his teacher. So take that teacher. But take that teacher, more lady. More important or stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you again for listening. We'll catch up with you again in a couple of weeks. Adios. Episode 25 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacey was brought to you by Everything Cowboy.